0: Oh, I'm sorry,
1: did I break your concentration? Who are those guys?
0: I'm Galen, and I'm Doug,
1: and we're Those Movie Guys, bringing movie reviews and previews to the masses since 2007.
0: Today is April 29th, 2007. Coming up on today's show, we have theatrical release of The Namesake. Afterwards, we have three DVD reviews of The Queen, The Last King of Scotland,
1: and Notes on a Scandal. Okay, well first let's get started with our review of The Namesake. In The Namesake, we follow the Ganguli's as they travel from India to America and experience all of the cultural conflicts most immigrants experience when moving to a foreign land. While this is not an original concept in film, many movies that explore this theme, such as In America and My Big Fat Greek Wedding, shed light on the American experience. So, first of all, Doug, how does the namesake rank in the immigration film canon? And secondly, does it work as a film in its own right?
0: Oh, those are two interesting questions. I'd say, as a film in the in a great immigration canon, I'd say generally it works. As a whole, I wasn't in love with it. I think okay. there were moments of brilliance, but it was marred by some real sucky stylistic choices.
1: Okay, interesting. Such a
0: well, I think you get some powerful scenes. You know, when the the moments when the family kind of comes back together. I did love the themes of family and freedom, you know, as they deal with these cultural differences. But at the same time, I think they tried to do too much with
1: all this film was.
0: Okay. And some of the scenes seemed a little
1: unfocused. Okay. Well, I, I think I'm pretty much on board with you. I just, uh, for the sake of argument, I wanted <laughs> you to clarify that. Okay. Um, first, I like to start with what I like about it. Yes. Um, I, I thought it was a really great story about the immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. You you really get into the heart of, particularly the, the two leads from the beginning of uh, Irfan Khan and Taboo, right. who play Mr. and Mrs. Gungul. And it's interesting, because watching the previews, you would think that you this, know, is this is about Gogol, and it's this not. This is
0: one of the many times that the preview really fools you into thinking right. what this movie's about. I thought I was going to know coming into it, yeah. but it totally was unexpected, which right. isn't necessarily a bad thing. But.
1: Yeah, you almost expect it to be my big, fat Indian wedding. From the previous. right, right, and it 's not at all it's it 's about the immigrant experience, yes. not about the not necessarily about the melding of cultures romantically
0: right right
1: but um I, but in getting back to the gangle, Mr and Mrs. Ganguly... I thought that the performances by Irfan Khan and Taboo were fantastic. Great. They were I mean, great. And they have worked before, as we, we have discovered in our research. And you can see that, because they have a chemistry between them that you believe them as husband and wife.
0: I certainly agree with that.
1: And it's great how, you know, you see how they don't start loving each other per se but well as their culture
0: dictates it's kind of a a prearranged marriage right, right but as she says in the the one scene where they're walking in the park he was the best of the lot
1: <laughs> right but but i think you by the end you see that they do love right. each other very much so and uh, also culturally it's something that they don't necessarily say to each other mm-hmm. which is another thing they joke about yes and it's interesting to see the parallels between that culture and Gogol's because I, the one scene, the two scenes that I saw as interesting bookmarks for how the cultures are different is his uh, the scene of Mr. Ganguly whenever he's fan, uh, having a dream about being passionate with his wife yes in making love to her and then you have a scene, and that's just a dream. Yeah, And then you have a scene later on, a few scenes with Gogol, who is passionate in reality with his lovers. Right. And I think that's an interesting contrast between, you. you see kind of how Gogol's been Americanized to a degree, although not completely.
0: Yeah, you really do see the characters kind of turning, because, I mean, Gogol was born in America, he's lived in America all his life, so of course he's going to pick up most of the American traditions right. just through his environment. But it's very interesting and it's it's what I'm what I meant about the strong family theme, that yeah. when the drama begins to unfold, how he almost kinda returns to his family and begins exerting more of the cultures, the the mores and folkways of yes. Indian culture.
1: And you know, one of the things that I really thought that worked extremely well as sort of a metaphor was Gogol's two love interests in the films because you have the very American girl Maxine. Yes. And then you have, um, I'm going to butcher the name. It's Mush- Shumi, And she is uh, certainly not a typical Indian girl no. either, but she definitely is more on that side than Maxine is. And I saw in that you know, he tried at first to be American, and then he tried to be Indian. Those were that was the arc of Gogol's journey, and both of those relationships failed. and I think ultimately he failed as a ultimately I don't want to call it a failure, but I think the message is that immigrants and the sons of immigrants don't live completely in one culture or the other. And I don't think it's possible for them to. They kind of meld between the two. I agree with you,
0: but at the same time, this kind of brings me into some of the stuff I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, the the love interests almost seem forced. Like the the American Girl Maxine. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy the chemistry between them that much, and I even hated worse the breakup scene. Yeah. Whenever... I don't want to give anything away. But but the breakup scene, I did not like at all. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't like either um, Mushumi, as I'll use the pronunciation. (laughs) I thought she... I mean, I guess they were trying to make her character more like that she didn't know what she wanted. Right. But I almost wish they would have kept her more from the Indian culture. Yeah, Just so you can see that he tried both sides, that sounds politically incorrect, and that each one failed. Right, But instead, this Mushumi character is she doesn't know what she wants, she openly admits she's had many many affairs. You almost knew that relationship was doomed to fail from the very beginning.
1: Well, uh, I, I have two points to make and first of all, I want to say I don't disagree with you. But, my first point is, I'm from how I viewed the film, I'm not sure that he was in love with either of the girls. I I think Maxine was kind of him wanting to fit in with the the wasp wealthy American family. And his relationship with Mushumi was his trying to make himself have an Indian wife. And I mean she even makes the line to him that
0: She'll I'll be.
1: never be the Bengali wife right. for you. And and he claims that's not what he wants, but I, I think that's why he... And that's why I kind of bought it that there wasn't that chemistry. But on another level, which is more defending your, <laughs> your argument, is I think why it doesn't work... Isn't so much the chemistry, because like I said, I explained that, but it's the fact that the movie covers too much ground yes it it begins in would you uh, 74 i think is the beginning year i believe and you know it brings us to 2007 yes and that that's over 30 years of time for a movie to it's not
0: like it continually jumps to specific moments it's like you're watching all 30 years
1: and it's only two hours long
0: and but it seemed like four
1: well, you say that for every movie. <laughs> that's because of my sake. 10 second attention span. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> I can, but anyways, it, it's two hours long and that's not enough to cover that long of a time span. I, mean, I, I
0: agree. There were too many ideas yeah, for what the movie was covering. And
1: it, moves, it just moves at light speed and you can't keep up, and as a result of that, him falling in and out of love with these girls happens in a blink of an eye. And
0: I just want to add, the shaved head scene was terrible. I hated that part. Yeah. That, that, I don't know why it sticks out, it, I mean, I hated it. It made me laugh, actually, and he shouldn't be laughing, because he's trying to almost honor his father, but kind of the, the, badass, bad boy rap music that plays yeah. in the background
1: of him shaving his head. It's just The like, score overall, I thought I thought there were, were a lot choices. of weird choices made with the musical score, and that doesn't work, you're right. And I just one final note, I want to say that as good of actors and actresses as um, Irfan Khan and Taboo were, I would have to say that Cal Penn is as bad as they are good. Yeah. Oh. Because I thought he's come a long way from White Castle. I I think he needs to go back to White Castle. or Kumar. Because he's horrible when he's young. When he's playing a young kid, he's just awful. Yeah. And whenever he's an adult, he's boring. It it, it just, he pales in comparison. I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, maybe you wouldn't notice if the other performances weren't as good as they are, but since they are, it kind of brings out how bad Mm -hmm. he is. But anyway, so I, I think we're both kind of mixed on this. What are you going to give it for a score? Well, from, for its moments of brilliance
0: and actually for its cinematography, because I did love some of the right. imagery, I'm going to give it a three stars.
1: Okay, I'm going to give it a three and a half. You know, great performances. You're right, the cinematography is good. But it's, it's just too sprawling. It, yeah, It covers too much ground. But I think we both still mildly recommend.
0: Stephen Frears' The Queen takes us inside the royal family as they deal with the tragic passing of Princess Diana and the media scrutiny that followed. Not only was the film as a whole critically lauded, but Helen Mirren was awarded with an Oscar for her performance as Elizabeth II. Now that the film is available on DVD, Galen, do you agree with the critics and recommend our listeners run to give this one a look, or is it overrated?
1: I definitely think that our listeners have to check this movie out. It's it's a terrific film. first of all, you have to start with the performances of not only Helen Mirren as Queen Elizabeth II, but also Michael, Michael Sheen, Sheen as Tony Blair. Yes, both are fantastic. And and they're definitely the core of this because the movie is ultimately about this not just old Britain and new Britain, but really the conflict of any culture between tradition and modernization. Yes. And I think it's great, one of the scenes that just really sticks out, and you see it in scene after scene in this movie, them juxtaposing the new and the old, but the one where Helen Mirren as Elizabeth is talking to Tony Blair on the telephone, and Helen Mirren is in this study with these beautiful oak tables yeah. and desks and... and Enormous bookcases. Elegant architecture. With books that have probably never been touched. <laughs> nothing that has been touched. And then it cuts to Tony Blair, and he's stepping over his kids' toys. And right. he, you know, it's a very lived-in little apartment that he has. He's he's dressed down, you know, and she, where she is dressed up oh, to the hill. Yeah. And it just... Just that scene alone shows you how different these two people are in these two worlds. Well, and I loved how they played with that
0: dynamic between modern Britain and old Britain. Mm-hmm. Because with these two characters, the Queen, as her character develops throughout the story, she almost learns to accept the scrutiny <clears throat> and learns to accept that Diana was loved by the public and that they should yeah. be as much a part of this as the family alone. She begins to accept the ways of New Britain, whereas towards the end, Tony Blair almost starts to accept where the Queen is coming from in in old tradition. And he even starts to get angry at the public and angry at the media for their intrusion. And I just, I thought that dynamic was beautifully done in the movie, among other things.
1: Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And that was another point he's going to make is... Neither one of the viewpoints is seen as bad. It's right, not that all right. oh, look at these stuffy royals, and uh, certainly Prince Philip is kind of portrayed by <laughs> uh, James Cromwell as sort of the old fogey. Yeah, but but Elizabeth is very sympathetic, and you understand that she's not heartless. She's just stoic, right. just stoic to the extreme. Right. But she's not a bad person. She just was taught... I mean, she's a woman who became queen in World War II and She lived and, by tradition yeah. through all her life. It's something you can't just give up. <laughs> right. And and she is just used to hiding her emotions from the public. Whereas Tony Blair's a modern-day politician that's supposed to, you know, cry in public and everything else. It, it's big displays of emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting thing with the film, is I don't think it makes a verdict on which one is good and which one is bad. Right. Just that I I think ultimately it's sort of about the viciousness and fickleness of the media and how it will latch on to any sort of deviance from what you expect in a certain situation, like they do to Elizabeth. Well, I was going to
0: say, it it, in a way was the cause of... Diana's death I mean well that's true yes so it kind of starts the whole thing and continues throughout the entire movie um again the movie also has great cinematography a lot of the outdoor hunting scenes and stuff are great right uh it's another movie you can chalk up having a a very strong female lead character oh yeah I mean you certainly don't question anything the queen does and her yes you should she's your leader (laughs) right exactly
1: (laughs) And her scenes with, with Michael Sheen are yeah, 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 that's right. Michael Sheen. I don't know why. I you were I thinking said Charlie Sheen. Oh Martin Sheen. <laughs> but anyways, her scenes with Michael Sheen are fantastic. Yes. I they are. they're just definitely a great showing of the old and the new. Um is there anything negative that you would say about the Queen?
0: I honestly don't think so. I mean I was thrilled with it from start to finish. I yeah. thought even the, the the beginning scene where the queen and tony blair meet for the first time was mm-hmm. great and i even liked tony mm-hmm. blair's wife i thought she played a, a really interesting part you know trying to keep almost tony from mm-hmm. slipping into
1: tradition right i uh, i'm going to use your favorite criticism i i thought it was a bit slow paced perhaps um well, it, i didn't feel a little that way. bit of um I don't want to say lacking in spectacle, but maybe a little run-of-the-mill in some ways. Um, I, I've heard some other critics say that it, they felt like it could be a TV movie of the week. And I kind of see where they're coming from. Obviously, better performances than you would right. see from that. But I see where they're coming from. But ultimately, what would you give the film?
0: I loved it. I'm giving
1: it a 4.5. I'm giving it a 4. I... I Loved it as well. It's definitely worth checking out. Our next DVD review features another Oscar-winning performance for an actor playing a real person, namely Forrest Whitaker as the vicious Ugandan despot Idi Amin. In the film, we witness Amin's rise to power and his eventual descent into madness and paranoia. If Helen Mirren's performance in The Queen can best be described as icy, then Forrest Whitaker's idiomine is fire. First of all, Doug, did Whitaker deserve his Oscar for Best Actor? And secondly, does the rest of the film work as a whole?
0: Alright, I'm actually going to answer the second question first. Uh, Does the film work as a whole? I didn't love it totally, but I do believe Forrest Whitaker deserved the award for Best Actor. And I'd say for the very first scene he steps up, his first speaking lines in the movie, that scene alone, he deserved that award. Yeah, That, to me, was one of the most powerful scenes in film this year. I loved that part. As for the movie not working as a whole, it was kind of sloppy. Some of the yeah. other acting wasn't near as good as Forrest Whitaker.
1: Right. Uh, I, I definitely agree with what you've said so far. I loved Whitaker as Amin. I mean, he portrays mean as kind of a caged animal that you would see at a zoo. It's cute and cuddly, but there's always that menace Vicious lying side. beneath the yes. surface that it's just prowling around, and he's even shot. A lot of the shots make him look like he's a caged animal right. just ready to strike. He's prowling, and he's going to attack. But, you know, he's not all just pure evil. He's, he's exceptionally charming. And that kind of... What you see how it was, Amin was able to, to gain power. To power. Exactly. And, and and in that sense, I really felt that his performance was fantastic. I do agree with you. But uh, I one of the other things that I loved is I thought that the cinematography in this was great as well. I right. loved how it shot... Uh, the the scenes in Uganda, the, I yeah, use
0: looked... such warm colors. Yeah, a lot of uh, tropical like oranges looked very hot. Yeah, was... deep
1: sepia's uh, yeah. and, <laughs> and other wonderful colors.
0: What I didn't really care for, mm-hmm. getting back to kind of the acting, or, or not just the acting, but at the beginning you meet Jillian um, Anderson's character, yes, and. I thought she was a total waste in the movie. I mean, yeah, you you kind of get a, a, a romantic interest developing between Nicholas Garrigan and Gillian Anderson's character, Sarah Merritt. Yes. And when Garrigan leaves, she's almost dropped, save for one scene toward the end.
1: Which is a throwaway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's only there, so you're like, oh, that's what happened. Right, you right, <laughs> Exactly. And, and at that point, you're not even really thinking about it. Exactly. And it's funny that you mention that, because I have problems with both the love stories in the film. Uh, her, hers, Jillian Anderson's, you're right, it doesn't even belong in, in the, the movie. Film. It's almost like they just wanted Jillian Anderson because they figured, well, maybe people will come see it more if they see her as well. And... They just wanted a love interest of any type, and so they threw it in. And you're right, it's completely throwaway, it goes nowhere, it contributes nothing to the plot or the theme. Um, now, I don't know if it hurts the film a whole lot, because it's not a huge part of even the beginning of the film, right? but it does beg the question why. I mean,
0: when you even see her in, as you put it, the throwaway scene, Mm mm-hmm. You you do think about that. I sat in a the theater thinking, oh, well, there she is, and there
1: she goes, when
0: I what <laughs> yeah, was her point exactly. in this whole film.
1: You know, and it, the other love story, the, the affair that he has with Amin's wife, my problem with it is I find it incredibly unbelievable. <laughs> because by the time Dr. Uh, Garrigan does this, he knows that Amin is insane. Yes. At this point, the charm has worn off, and he knows that Amin is an extremely dangerous man who tortures and mutilates his enemies. And to fall deeply in love. Well, I don't even know if he really falls in love with her. He just, he's in lust with her. I see, yes. Um, you know, he figures she's hot, which she is, and... You know, he wants to get it on. But why would you do that with the crazy despot? That's a hell of a risk, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) And, I mean, you would have to figure he's going to find out. I mean, he knows everything else that's going on. So, I I think the only reason it was put there was so that they'd have an excuse for Garrigan to have to get out. So, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. I also thought the ending was really unbelievable i don't want to give anything away but but how the situation resolves itself i i don't believe that it would happen it's like kind In that kind of point. cheap didn't it yeah
0: yeah well so being that the ending isn't that great and there's a couple throwaway characters i still would highly recommend the movie just for the cinematography and more importantly for forrest whitaker's
1: acting i'm giving it a Okay, I, I can't go that high. Even though Forrest Whitaker is fantastic in the movie, that's really the only thing that's not a mess. Well, the cinematography is very good as well, but the every the plot and everything else just don't quite work. So I'll give it a three, which isn't too low, but that three is purely Forrest Whitaker's. <laughs> it's all his. <laughs>
0: Rounding out our best performances of 2006 DVD trilogy is Notes on a Scandal, which earned Oscar nods for both Judi Dench and Cate Blanchett. The film follows the story of a schoolteacher who has an affair with one of her students and then is emotionally blackmailed by one of her older colleagues. While the film was also nominated for two other Oscars, Best Screenplay Adaptation and Score, and was generally well-reviewed, it received little attention. Alan, my question to you, do you hope it earns a bigger audience on DVD, or does it deserve to disappear into film Oblivion?
1: I I think it's something that, in all likelihood, will disappear into film Oblivion. Now, I don't know if i go as far to say it deserves to be consigned to that fate, okay. but I won't say that it deserves a wider audience either. I, I, I found, for the most mean. part, mediocre. Um, now, I'm going to start with what I love with it, okay. as I like to do. I think it has perhaps the best script from a dialogue perspective of last year. Any film. It, I just loved it. I Particularly Dench's monologue, even though she's in the bathtub at the time. Which I probably could yeah, have but lived without. you could but, at
0: least close your eyes and stare her speaking and get the same effect. <laughs> right, that's true. In and, fact, it might save and, your eyesight. And her
1: speech, her little monologue about loneliness is, is really, it, it's, a, it's a powerful scene. And I think all of the dialogue is really well written in that film. Which is probably why it won a nod for best screenplay adaptation um even though that the script from a structural standpoint is pretty weak
0: i thought i was agreeing with you until you came up to that last sentence i'm going to call this the best film you're never going to see okay i agree the audience is probably going to be maybe just me but you know very few people will see this very few people will probably give this one a chance but i thought it was great I agree with everything you said about the dialogue and the script yeah. screenplay. I thought was very good. I thought the
1: movie was tense and it kept
0: me engaged through the whole
1: thing. Yeah, well, and I won't say I wasn't engaged. I just think there were some structural problems with with the scripting, such as Su- such as I don't believe Kate Blanchett's character would have an affair with the boy. You don't. You didn't buy that. No. Why? Well, um, and I'm I'm. <laughs> It's hard to put into words, but basically, I just didn't see what her character saw in him other than he was a hot guy. And the fact of the matter is, how many other hot guys has she had? But it was their,
0: that, their artistry that brought them together, his drawing, his... I
1: I, I
0: didn't buy that. I mean, because he wasn't a good artist. Well, I mean... he was learning. What The thing that hurt it for me is I thought he was kind of a sucky actor.
1: Well, that that could be. Maybe yeah. that's more my issue. <laughs> <laughs> I, that could be what hurt it. And, and I, I didn't see chemistry between him and Blanchett either. So that kind of hurt it as well. Because sometimes, whenever there's no tangible reason why an on-screen couple would get together, if they at least have chemistry, you can understand... You can yeah, you you can see why they're in lust with each other, if not in love. And I didn't feel either way with that. I just thought it was kind of her almost
0: being very expressive because when it shows her family life at home, you can tell it's not enough for her.
1: Her husband, who also is a terrible actor, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think all the performances, but Dench's are bad. But um, well, I thought Kate Blanchett was really good. <laughs> Blanchett is good most of the time, but there are just some scenes, like, whenever she goes out in the, crab, the crowd of the uh, reporters, and she just, like, screams at them, I thought that was way over the top. Well, it seemed any time they was screaming, it was over the top.
0: Most <laughs> of the time, it came from her most husband, time- and that's why I didn't like him. But, <laughs> but getting back to what I was saying, which I don't even remember now,
1: um... You were talking about uh the chemistry between Blanche and Oh yes.
0: I think she was more expressing herself because she wasn't happy, she wasn't satisfied with what she had at home. You yeah. you could see the the scenes that showed her family life at home, she's you know, constantly sighing. There there was no no romance, no sparks, no flair between her and her current yeah. husband. You know, even her children were just there. Right. She wanted so, more.
1: So you're saying that basically he was just there. He he was just the he was one there, who was there at yeah, the time. Yeah, he
0: fulfilled because you know she stopped the fight between him okay. and that other bully. He had an, a, a similar interest in art as she did.
1: I think he convinced he, he me on that. He put himself
0: out there and she bit.
1: I, I think he convinced me on that. I think I might buy that. But another problem I had that I don't know if you're going to be able to convince me on okay. is the music was extremely melodramatic. It sounded like something you'd hear on Young and the Restless or The Guy in Light. <laughs> you know, it was this... I, I don't know how it got an Oscar nomination, because it was basically a soap opera score.
0: All right, well, I guess I'll kind of agree with you, because I, I, to be honest, I... Don't remember the music; it yeah. was forgettable. So, why it was nominated for an Oscar for its score, I don't know. But I don't think it hurt the film. Uh, it didn't seem to interfere. It I, to me, I, it I thought it gave in a the few
1: cheesy moments. Oh, maybe, but
0: it didn't. Certainly didn't ruin the film. I don't know. I was glued to the screen from start to finish. Well,
1: and here's the interesting thing: I'm giving. I'm not giving it a very good review. But at the same time, I'd be lying if I said I was bored by it or I didn't find it interesting. But I think a lot of it has to do with a fantastic script, you know, where it's just great listening to this dialogue because you hear horrible dialogue almost in 90% of the films put out. And also, Judy Dench's performance is very powerful as well. So I think the combination of those two is what kept me interested. But mm-hmm. I think, as a whole, it was a fairly weak film.
0: Well, we'll, then we'll probably differ here. Probably. Um, I thought <laughs> Kate Blanchett was strong as well. I love the movie. I'm giving it four and a half. Wow. <laughs> two and a half oh, for me. Oh,
1: come on.
0: I, you know... Did you say two and a half to what? To two and th- a
1: half for me.
0: Oh, I thought you said to three. I no. was going to say, did I maybe persuade <laughs> you to give it that half a point with Kate Blanchett? No.
1: You almost could, but, you know, the great dialogue almost saves the over-the-top performances... Well, I'll tell and you. Over the top. We must be
0: playing hot potato and... with the retard bomb <laughs> today. It exploded on you, <laughs> guys. You need to check this movie out. It's a good one.
1: Well, and I'm not. Uh, two and a half is almost a recommendation. It's just below.
0: Oh, all right. Well, maybe that's your scale. And
1: two and a half for me. Uh, is For me, three is murder. a recommendation. Okay. And two and a half isn't quite. But all right. Well. It's really a four and a half. <laughs> yeah, if, if you like soap operas, it's a great movie. Okay, that's all for today's show. If you would like to review any of the ratings that we gave the movies that we covered today, please visit thosemovieguys.blogspot.com. There you can find more in-depth reviews, our star ratings as well as links to items that we may have covered in the show. Plus, you can subscribe to our feed. Also,
0: you can visit Google Groups at groups.google.com. when you're there, search for Those Movie Guys. You can post a message to our forums. And you can also email us at thosemovieguys@gmail.com. at gmail.com. It's thosemovieguys at gmail.com.
1: We look forward to any feedback that you can give us about why we're retarded.
0: I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.